0: Hi, this is Jeff Thigpen, Guilford County Register of Deeds.
1: And I'm Carly Malcolm, Lead for North Carolina Fellow for Guilford County from the UNC School of Government. And welcome to the Good Grief Podcast.
0: Have you ever lost a loved one and had to figure out what to do? Have you ever felt alone and overwhelmed? Did it make you wonder why on earth this is all so complicated?
1: In this podcast series, we bring together community partners to talk unapologetically about issues of death and dying. We answer questions about funerals, hospice, estates, and more to give our listeners the knowledge they need to make decisions for themselves and their loved ones.
0: We want everyone in Guilford County to know that they're supported, that we live in a community where we cannot only live and live well, but when we die, we can also die well because we care. So we thank you for joining us for the Good Grief Podcast and for taking this step to be better prepared for end of life challenges. This is the Good Grief Podcast. I'm Jeff Thigpen, Guilford County Register Deeds with Carly Malcolm, Lead for NC Fellow from the North Carolina Institute of Government. Today, our guest is Diane Person, the founding director of the Elon University Anatomical Gift Program, AGP program. As a will body program, the Anatomical Gift Program was launched in 2017 and aids students in the physical therapy and physician assistant programs in learning about anatomy and physiology of the human body. Diane's task has been to inform the public about the program and increase the number of registered donors. Her special gift appears to be dealing with end-of-life issues and, in some cases, spending many hours with potential donors and their families and providing a great deal of care for that uh, program. She is currently an ad hoc member of the North Carolina Commission on Anatomy and was recently awarded, congratulations, the 2020 Phoenix Rising Award, which goes to an employee who has risen to the top and contributed to the Elon community in a dynamic way. She's got a national reputation for her contributions in the field of anatomy and wheel body programs. Um, And I was uh, listening to one of your interviews and I I heard one of your quotes and it said, what we know matters, but I think who we are matters more. And I think that based on my conversation with you a few weeks ago, I think that you bring that to your work. And so On behalf of Good Grief and Carly, we want to welcome you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so
2: much for your kind words. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Um, So what brought you to Elon University? I think you came from Massachusetts. How did you get from Massachusetts to Elon?
2: I get that question often. (laughs) And I love to tell the story because, um, yes, Massachusetts, born and raised, and my Part of my background involves the work that I did at UMass Medical School in the same capacity as uh, the director of their anatomical gift program. The difference being theirs was already established. So I walked into a program that was already established. So, um, but you know, national organizations and reputation, you know, grew over that 16 years. Part of what I do is um, interact with the anatomy space and teaching human anatomy to medical students, and that is where I met a colleague uh, by the name of Dr. Janet Cope. We established a relationship, a collegiality, and a friendship. And little did I know that uh, this was back in the early 1990s. Little did I know that about 10, 12 years later that our paths would cross again. So in 2012, she came back to Mass Medical School and said, I'm thinking about ramping up a program at Elon's School of Health Sciences. What do you think about that? And I said, oh, my goodness, you know, unaffiliated with a medical school, that's a pretty daunting task. Yeah. But it sounds like it's feasible. Good will you serve as a consultant to a feasibility study? And I said, yeah, sure. So um, I didn't know what that would entail. But I said yes, because I wanted to be helpful. And Janet was a friend and a great working colleague. So I began as a consultant. So using vacation and personal time to fly to Elon to serve as a consultant to a feasibility committee. And that led into the offer of uh, the post of founding director. Uh, They liked me a little bit on the committee and they made the offer um, after we, we, well, we submitted our report to the trustees in January of 2016 and the offer was made in March of 2016 and I readily accepted because I, I just fell in love with North Carolina the people, the culture, and the opportunity to build a program the way I wanted to build it. So that's how I came to North Carolina.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing that this is an undergraduate program, and usually these kinds of programs are associated with medical schools. And so it makes it unique. And this is the first one of this kind in North Carolina, right?
2: Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. We are the first of uh, its kind being unassociated with a medical school. So, yes, we uh, that is our claim to fame. And, you know, we've made history in that way. Um, not sure about nationally. Um, I don't believe there is some um, completed data on that. But um, we're doing that. Investigation currently to see if we are the first in the country.
0: Yeah, well, and I was kind of joking with you on the phone. when We talked. It's like I worked at an undergraduate uh, college who had uh, a you know did donors and gifts, and uh, <laughs> which was different uh, than this program. It's a whole other uh, kind of uh, approach to donors and gift programs. But tell us about what the anatomical gift program is, and and how you become in, you became involved with it.
2: So uh, to that type of gifts that you're talking about, Jeff, that's exactly what I thought I was interviewing for at UMass Medical School. Oh, like, really? Yes. I thought it was something philanthropic and, you know, t- totally unrelated to my background. Um, by the third round of interviews, I, I was ready to walk out the door. You know, I said, dead bodies, so get me out of here. So um, my mentor, well, who was my last uh, interviewer, uh, Dr. Sandy Marks, who was the founding director of the UMass program, which he developed in 1970, he said, no, kid, I see something in you, you've got to give us a chance. And so he he won me over. And he knew more than I knew about myself at that time, because I just completely fell head over heels in love with um, with this field of End of life and anatomical gifting, so um, Mm. that's how I came became involved with it. And so, in order to become an anatomical donor, one must sign the consent paperwork at Elon University because we are a first consent only program. We are governed under the Uniform Anatomical Gift Act, which is a national uniform law. That is adopted by state laws. So we are under the direction of the state laws um, for willed body programs and cremation. And those are the laws that we are that we are bound to. However, they're sort of ambiguous in that each willed body program has the authority to determine their own program. And so we built our program as it aligned with the mission and vision statement of Elon University. Hmm.
1: So for somebody who's interested in making the decision to donate their body, who would they get in contact with?
2: They would contact me. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have a website um, that I help develop, and the website really tells our stories. So I will share with people that if you're interested in anatomical donation at Elon, that you should check out our website. It gives you an opportunity to look at the consent forms that are required for registration with our program. And there are also some videos uh, that I would encourage people to take a look at. There's a um, student testimonial video. So earlier on, when I was developing the program for Elon and going out and conducting educational outreach throughout the entire state of North Carolina, I would ask some of the graduate students to come with me because their words, um, their testimonials really empower the definition of anatomical donation and the value. Um, as it's attributed to healthcare education and eventually help them as a healthcare provider. But I ran into a little bit of trouble with faculty who said, um, you know, academics first <laughs> and then this later. So I thought, well, gee, how can I get around that? I came up with an idea to record their testimonials. Mm-hmm. And so that's the video of student testimonials that you'll see on the Anatomical Gift Program website. And they really do endorse um, who we are and they endorse the reason for anatomical donation.
1: Right. Yeah. And I saw on the website that you um, recently had a virtual donor memorial service. Could you talk about that?
2: Sure. So uh, because of COVID and the restrictions, social distancing, and because we were not allowing at that time any outside visitors to come to campus, we thought, well, how are we going to include the family members? Because that's part of what we do in our offering of a annual memorial service. We invite the family members and we ask them to contribute um, with photos, with, um, you know, their written testimonials or their spoken testimonials about their loved one. And that just, I think it's empowering for the students. And it's also um, very affirming for the students to know, you know, who these people were in real life, and that they really truly did want to um, make the decision and contribute further by donating their body toward healthcare education. So to Encompass that. I thought, well, let's invite the family members to do video clips or to send in photos. And so, and they all, most of them complied. So it was, it was a major production. It was still uh, produced, videoed at the sacred space in the uh, Newman Lumen Pavilion. We had student participation, we had faculty participation, um, I spoke, the Dean of the School of Health Sciences, Dr. Becky Nadusky spoke, so we had um, many verbal offerings, you know, people who put together their words to express the importance of anatomical donation, and um, yes, and to show our thanks for what we consider to be the ultimate gift toward a healthcare education.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I was really struck by just the gratitude that was expressed Mm -hmm. um, by the students for that contribution to their education. Could you talk about the process that follows donation, like how the body is utilized and treated and eventually laid to rest?
2: Yes. Um So I will go back to being first-person consent. We feel very strongly about that. We feel that um, the individuals themselves are really the ones who should make the decision to donate his or her own body. We do not accept next-of-kin donations. We do not utilize the unclaimed dead. Um We deal only with individuals who themselves decide, make the decision to bequeath their bodies. So in that regard, um, it is honoring the individual's choice. Um, and in that regard, when it comes time to orient the students prior to them meeting their first donor, we call them their silent teachers. Um I think that's just such a there's such a beautiful language that is synonymous with willed body programs, and that's one of the terms um that we use. And when we introduce the students to the notion of them meeting their first fi- silent teacher, we can say with assurance that um they are here because they chose to be here. This was mm. their decision. and that really does um remove some ambiguous and uh, a- ambiguity, you know some. Hesitation for the students to go in and to actually meet their silent teacher because they're, you know, they're a little nervous about that. Some of them have never, you know, seen, you know, a dead person before them before. And this is an opportunity for them to embrace that um, experiential learning. And in our anatomy space, we pride ourselves with compassion, with dignity, with reverence. And I recall my mentor from the UMass days saying to me, that um, the way a student conducts himself or herself in the anatomy space will certainly determine how he or she will be as a healthcare provider. So that respect, that dignity, and that compassion is a common thread, you know, throughout the entire anatomy course.
1: Yeah. Have you ever encountered family members who maybe don't understand or don't fully agree with their loved one's decision to donate their body?
2: Yes, and uh, that's a great question. Um, Part of the educational outreach is to invite family members to attend that educational outreach session or to invite our potential donor registrants to include their family members. Um, Another UMass story. That was a lesson learned the hard way. Earlier on in my career, um, I walked into my office one morning and my assistant said to me, there's an urgent call for you. The night before, I had accepted my first donor. And so the call was from the donor's daughter. And she said, there's no way that you're keeping my mother. She never told any of us. She was calling from out of state, and she had siblings who were also living out of state. The mother had made the decision to donate her body to UMass Anatomical Gift Program without telling any of her family members. So that was a policy change for us um, in terms of within educational outreach, making sure that potential donor registrants include their families in this decision-making process so that they can support them because they're, after all, going to be the ones to facilitate at the end of life. So to finish the UMass story, um, I said to um, Dr. Marks, I said, you know, we really um, have to deal with the living. So we invited the family to come to the school and take their mother back, which they did. Um, But it was a policy changer. And so when I was developing the program for Elon, I made sure that we were first-person consent and that the families would know. So, yes, it's all about educating the family and bringing them into the fold.
0: And when we were researching uh, the program, I think we were struck with the language. Uh, It was a very compassionate language. It was caring language. It was not just about a body. It was about the whole person. It was about the family. It was about the idea that, you know, as you say, silent teachers, is that in death, these uh, people whose bodies are donated continue to have a huge impact on students in terms of their knowledge, and that knowledge goes out into the world. When you're looking to the future, What is your hope for the program, and how would you like to see it grow and evolve in the years to come?
2: So before I answer the question, (laughs) may I speak to what you just said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because I just love the way you summarize that. I asked a student if they would um, calculate how many potential people they would affect by one donor, by one silent teacher. So when you take the number of cohorts, the number of students who will actually learn from one donor because it's a shared experiential learning experience in the anatomy space, and as they go out as healthcare providers and treat all of their patients, they will have made a difference, made an impact. One donor will have made the impact on over 600,000 patients to me, that is mind-boggling. Wow. that That is just a staggering number um, calculated by our School of Health Sciences students. And in that way, death is not final. And in that way, they are creating a legacy for themselves. So wow. that that's very impactful on healthcare education and healthcare providers.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's great. I mean, in terms of our podcast, we have these podcasts in order to be able to understand the issues of death and dying and to talk about a part of our lives and death that sometimes we don't like to talk about. And you all have done such a wonderful job of of this program that I'm definitely, the more I learn about it, the more uh, I'm a proponent of it and think that, that what you're doing is just wonderful. And it's, again, it's not just what you're doing, it's how you're doing it.
2: So to your question about um, what do I have in mind for the future of the anatomical gift program at the School of Health Sciences, I think we're already on our way to establishing that. It has always been my dream to establish a gold standard willed body program, um, uniquely in, its, in our own way, aligned with our policies and procedures as first-person consent-only program, and to set that gold standard for other willed body programs nationally. I think that we're we're well on our way to doing that. I think that we are, have established ourselves in that way. And I also want us to be, want our reputation to be known as being those compassionate end-of-life options. We are an end-of-life option. So anatomical gifting is not for everyone, but for those who decide that this is what they wish to do with their end-of-life, we hope that they'll consider Elon. And I'd like to add to that that a common thread in educational outreach was the struggles that people have in initiating these difficult end-of-life conversations with their family members. So that was sort of a common thread. So um, I've also done some work on behalf of Elon's Anatomical Gift Program in helping people initiate those crucial conversations, those difficult end-of-life conversations. So that has been um mutually beneficial.
1: So what would you tell somebody who's considering donating their body but doesn't really know what all that entails? You know, my conception was just this vague, you can donate
2: your body to science.
1: What what factors go into play there?
2: So I would invite people to think about why they want to donate their body, um, to think about that, because that's a conversation that I will Emphatically suggest that they have with their family members. Um, I would ask them to think about doing that. um, And they can do that in a number of ways. Um, I could offer a Zoom session with them now, um, whereas I I would make a one on one appointment with them, but hopefully we'll get to that one day. But for (laughs) now, it would be a Zoom session to include their family. I would invite them to visit our website because it really tells our story and it gives them um, the opportunity to look at the paperwork. I would also ask them to be prepared to make a commitment. their fam- This is for their family members because the um, individual, their loved one is going to be with us for up to two years. Um, it could be a year, but it's up to two years. So they have to really prepare themselves and to be ready for that. Um, some family members will comment and say, well, you know, how do I have closure? And I will say that, well, think think about that. You know, everybody has their own definition of closure. Some folks, myself included, do not like the word closure. You know, I always want to keep uh, the people who I loved and lost in my heart forever. I don't want closure. But for those who do, I would invite them to get creative about a memorial service. And they would have to do it, of course, without the presence of their loved one. But they could do that earlier on. And then I would also um, let them know that um, we are a very transparent program. At any given time, they can call us and inquire on where studies are. When will they be concluded? So um, there's an open line of communication. I would tell them that. And then I would also let them know that um, at the end of life, at the end of, at the end of studies, rather, that um, we will be celebrating not only their loved one, but celebrating them for supporting their loved one in this end-of-life decision with a memorial service that will include their contributions and um, our students expressing their very deep and profound um, gratitude for the ultimate gift toward their healthcare education. That would be the comprehensive <laughs> answer. That's great. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah.
0: And uh, Diane, thank you so much for being with us today on the Good Grief Podcast. Uh, Diane Person, the founding director of the Elon University's Anatomical Gift Program, AGP program. We will have the links to the program and information, uh, which will adjoin the podcast. And again, Diane, on behalf of Carly and myself, we want to thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. It has really been my pleasure.
0: And so uh, we uh, really appreciate you being here with us. Uh, we've come near to the end of our time. And um, what I would like to do is uh, thank you on behalf of Carly and myself. Thank you for being a part of the Good Grief podcast.
2: You're very welcome, Jeff. It has been my pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Good Grief podcast. We want your feedback. You can visit our website at www.guilforddeeds.com.
0: You can also email us at endoflife at guilfordcountync.gov or find us on Twitter with the handle at Guilford underscore R-O-D. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and until next time, take care.